Bible, if we turn to the book of Acts, please, Acts chapter number 28 tonight. Let me say it's a joy for us to be home. I was telling Brother Scott this morning, it's a shame I have to go 400 miles from the house to see my preacher. (laughs) We're usually out of town preaching somewhere when I run into him, but I'm glad to be here and I'm thankful to the Lord for this place. Let me just say I love my preacher. And I love this church. I'm t- I can't express to you what a blessing this church has been in me and Pam's life. And I want to thank you for that. Well, then, Brother Cottle, I'll try to be brief tonight and get out of the way. I'm always jealous when I'm with Brother Scott. I think it's a sin to have as much talent as he's got. <laughs> Not only has he got a great singing voice and can play out of this world, but he's got the same preaching voice, amen. If I had that preaching voice, no telling how far I could go, amen. <laughs> All right, well, Brother Grant told me I ought to share this with you tonight. I was telling him before church that I found out that I was a member of the LGBTQ. Well, let's get Biden to quit. <laughs> I'll tell you one more, it helps me relax. You know, they got, they got all these identifications nowadays. <clears throat> Brother Ellis, I found out what mine was. I identify as skinny. My pronouns are thin and slim. <laughs> I believe it's all right to have a good time in the house of the Lord. All right, Acts chapter number 28 tonight. And I want to begin reading in verse number 1. When they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received every one of us because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks... And laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit when they they looked and when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. And I'm interested in verse number 2 where it says they kindled a fire. And I want to preach on this subject tonight with the help of the Lord on building a fire for Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you now for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I want to thank you for this place. God, I'm glad that there's an old-fashioned church that we can still come to and feel the presence of God and the power of God. And I ask you now, Lord, to help me tonight. I pray you'd take me as an instrument in your hand and use me for your honor and for your glory. And I'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, it's going to take me a little bit in the introduction, but then I'll get to these verses of Scripture. Several years ago, we had a tornado come through where we live out there, and it blew over this huge tree right behind the house and the field, and my uncle asked me if we'd help clean it up. Uh, my youngest son was still at home then, so we got out there and started cutting that tree up. And there was a, a creek bed about four foot deep. And so we got a fire going and then we started putting wood on that fire. And that night before we went to bed, we just piled it up as high as we could get it. And uh, through the night, I'd get up and look out the window and check, make sure it was still burning good and all of that. Well, it took us about five days to burn that tree. And while we was doing that, I was thinking about uh, when I was growing up as a boy, my grandparents had wood heat. I used to think my grandmother tucked me in because she loved me. I found out years later it's because I couldn't lift them 30 blankets myself. <laughs> but if I've seen it once, I've seen it a hundred times. I've seen my papa go in there and open that stove and he'd rake them ashes back and under them ashes would be live coal. And he'd put a little kindling in there and then he would go and blow on it. And I'm afraid uh, that's what's happened to us in our day and time. Uh, we've got to where we've let our fire get so low that we're just coals, amen. And that's why we're having this meeting. We need God uh, to blow in our life once again. Hey, I remember how it was when I first got in Hey, all I wanted to do was uh, read my Bible and go to church. Amen. I didn't even want to go to work. But uh, when we, you say, preacher, why do we need such a big fire? Well, let me say this. Fire produces heat. Amen. I like it. You know, I I don't want people to feel uh, uncomfortable when they come to the house of God. Or I should say welcome. I don't want them to feel unwelcome. But I sure don't want them to feel comfortable. Amen. Lost people are not feel comfortable when they come to church. Amen. I'll go further than that. Save people who've got sin in their life or not feel comfortable when they come to church. When I wasn't right with God, I didn't want to come to church because I knew I was going to have to do something about the way I was living. Amen. And when the fire's hot down at the house of God, you either get in or you get out. Amen. Hey, our church ain't for everybody. Some people can't take the heat. Amen. If you can't take the heat, don't get, I mean, get out of the kitchen. Hallelujah. Fire produces heat. Hey, you don't have to worry about fire getting out of hand down at the house of God. There'll be enough old wet blankets around to try and put it out. Amen. So I like it. In fact, if I'm sitting on this side of the building and they're shouting on this side of the building, first time I get opportunity, I'm going to move. Amen. See if it won't rub off. Hallelujah. So fire produces heat. Not only that, but fire produces light. Uh out there where we're at in the country, they could see that fire for a long ways. My aunt called, what in the world are y'all burning up there? Amen. Hey, and that's the way it ought to be with us. Hey, we ought to produce such a light that people want to know the difference between us and them. Amen. 
I don't know about you, but I want to burn bright. Uh, you know, we ain't got nothing to do out there where we're at. So if the fire truck goes by and we're on the road, we follow it to see what's going on. <laughs> or get on the phone and call to see what's burning. I remember a few years ago, they made the largest pot bust in the state of Alabama about five miles below my house. There was so much of it they couldn't haul it off so they was pulling it out of that barn and burning it in the field next to it. That ever pothead in five counties out there. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about building a fire. Amen. We ought to put out some heat. We ought to put out some light. Amen. Hey, then let me say this. Fire gets rid of things. Hey, that big old tree was huge. I didn't think we was ever going to get it burned. But we just kept working at it and working at it and working at it. And it's that way in our life. When we get born again, hey, God will start getting rid of some things in your life. When you have the fire of God dwelling in you, he'll start dealing with you, amen, about the things in your life. Hey, and they might not even necessarily be bad things, uh, but they keep you from being in total uh, reliance and fellowship with Him. Amen. Well, then let me say this. Fire takes fuel. Amen. Now, we started that fire and then we began to chunk it up. The next day, we went out there and put more wood on it. And that night before we went to bed, we piled it up again. Amen. Fire takes fuel. And that's the way you and I, that's why we come to church. That's why the preacher wants you to be here every service. Fire takes fuel. Amen. I had a guy ask me one time, he said, why do you go to church so much? I said, it takes a lot of preaching to keep me right. Amen. And then fire has to be maintained. Not only does it take fuel, but it has to be maintained. You walk off and leave a fire and it'll go out. Amen. But if you keep it maintained, if you keep putting wood on it and adding to it and standing there watching it, uh, the fire will not go out. Amen. That's why it's important for us to do what we know to be the will of God. You don't have to pray about reading your Bible. Amen. We're commanded to do that. You don't have to pray about witnessing to others. We're commanded to do that. You don't have to pray about praying. We're commanded to pray. And as we start doing what we know to be the will of God, God will reveal his perfect will for us in our life. Well, then let me say this. Fire can be hard to get started. Amen. When I first started preaching, Pam and I went with her grandmother to a church, an old dead, dry church. And uh, that dude wasn't saying nothing. But he mentioned the cross. And when he did, I went, amen, about like that. The lady in front of me turned around and went, shh. That was a mistake. I was a lot meaner back then than I am now. I waited for the next time that dude said something I could shout about, and I jumped straight up and went, Amen, go away! 
guy across the aisle had his legs folded and was asleep. He slid right out on the floor. <laughs> I'm saying fire can be hard to stop. Now let me say this. I'm a pyromaniac. You kids don't listen to what I'm about to say. But I'm one of them dudes that gets a big old thing built up, goes out there and pours about two gallons of gas on it, huh? makes the trail, strikes a match, and boom, sound like a bomb's going off. I don't know about you, but I ain't looking to get out. I'm looking to get in. And when it gets on down to the house of God, I don't want to pour water on it. I want to pour gas on it. Amen. And that's the way it ought to be with each and every one of us. Uh, hey, something inside of us sometimes ought to just have to get out. Amen. <coughs> so with that in mind tonight, let me give you about three things. First of all, I see reasons to build a fire. Look here in chapter number 27 and verse number 42 said, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship, so that it came to pass that they escaped all Safe to land. First reason for us to build a fire is so the worried can be calmed. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're living in a world where people are trying everything to fill the void in their life. And you and I have the answer. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He made each and every one of us with a void inside of us that can only be filled by God. And apart from that, you will be empty and uh, have a pointless life unless you come to the Lord Jesus Christ because only He can fill that void. Well, not only do I see so the worried can be calm, but I also see that we need to build a fire so the weary can be warmed. He said in chapter number 28, verse number 1, said when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. Now, you think about this. They'd been on that ship. They'd taken nothing to eat. They'd been fighting it for days and days. In fact, the Bible said when all hope of being saved was lost, they let her drive. I know that feeling. I'm married to one of them. Anyway, we get weary. Hey, if you're here and you've been saved any length of time, you'd be lying if you said that you never got tired in the fight. Uh, I've thought about quitting many a time. I got up one Sunday, Pam said, you need to get up and get ready. It's time to go to church. I said, I don't want to go to church. She said, you've got to go. You're the pastor. We get weary in the fight. So, but if there's a fire burning, hallelujah, there's something about a fire uh, that refreshes, amen. amen. It rejuvenates, amen. It keeps us where we need to be. 
And then I see that we build a fire so the wounded may be helped. <clears throat> Have you ever heard this? Well, I got hurt in church. I got news for you. If you've come to church any length of time, you've been hurt. But it wasn't Jesus that hurt you. Amen. Hey, uh, if you rely on him, I don't care how bad things are. He can heal. He is that bomb of Gilead. Amen. He can heal whatever's wrong in your life. Amen. Hey, I'm talking about uh, when we get so wounded in our spirit and so wounded even in our soul, I'm glad that there's one that will never forsake us, that'll never fail us, uh, that'll never leave us no matter. Hey, I've walked away from him, but he has never walked away from me. I've done enough since I've been saved to deserve to go to hell, uh, but he just keeps loving me anyway and lifting me anyway. There ain't nobody like him. Hallelujah. He's the dearest friend, glory to God, that I've ever had. Amen. And then we build a fire so the weary may be strengthened. Chapter number 27 and verse number 33. While the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued, fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not any hair from the head of any of you. Uh, and when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, they began to eat. Now listen to this. Then they were all of good cheer and they took some meat. I, hey, I went in church so low I could sit on a piece of cigarette paper and swing my feet. But then they get to singing like tonight, Oh, what a Savior is mine. And something happens inside of me. Amen. I began to, and then some saying to God will get up and tell what God's been doing for them. You understand? Hey, I may go in weak, but I'm telling you, I get strength from being in the house of God. We need each other. Amen. We can't do this alone. It takes each and every one of us working together. Amen. Hey, that's why it's important for us to be there one for another. Amen. Well, I see a second thing. Not only reasons to build a fire, but I see the results of building a fire. Let me say this, if you build a fire, you can mark her down. The first thing that's going to happen is like in verse number 3 here in chapter number 28. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now if you're not doing anything, if you're not trying to win anybody to the Lord, if you're not trying to grow closer to God, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, don't you know the devil's chained? I said, if he is, he's chained to me. <laughs> Amen. If you're not trying to do anything, Brother Chris, for God, you don't have to worry about the devil. 
But if you got a church like ours that's trying to make a difference in the community where the presence of God is evident and people are getting help, you can mark her down, you're going to be attacked by the serpent. Amen. Hey, when you're not doing anything, he's going to leave you alone. But when you're trying to do anything for God, he is going to attack. Amen. Now, I hate snakes. I hate five kinds, live ones, dead ones, short ones, long ones, and fake ones. A snake will make me hurt myself trying to get away from it. Amen. A snake is subtle. They're camouflaged. And that's the way the devil is. Somebody come up and say, what did you think about what the preacher said this morning? You know what I always say? Oh, I loved it. Amen. Hey. They don't never, they want to call and gossip about everybody in the church. Amen. I had a lady tell me one time, she said, Preacher, I put my tongue on the altar this morning. I said, I didn't know the altar was that big. (laughs) The devil likes it lukewarm. I don't like nothing lukewarm. I like iced tea and hot coffee. God help you if you drink that iced mess. Amen. God meant for coffee to be hot. Amen. I'm just simply saying the devil's subtle. He's camouflaged. Hey, he lies in wait. He's just looking for an opportunity to get in. Amen. Hey, let me say this. Uh, A serpent, uh, he don't have any ears. There are some people you can't help. You know why? Because they don't have any ears to hear. Amen. Hey, and it's true in our Christian life. There'll be some people you can witness to until you are blue in the face and they're not going to hear anything you got to say. You know why? Because they don't have any ears to hear. Amen. You know how... You know how a, a, a serpent or a snake, you know how he feels and finds his way? Uh, they don't have any ears. They use their tongue. And that's true in the church a lot of times. People tick their tongue out. Or they won't know what you think about this preacher or what you think about that preacher. Uh, preacher said this morning, I'm not ashamed to be in a Baptist. Uh, Abby was playing softball. We went out to eat with this couple and she was trying to impress me with being religious. And she said to me, oh yeah, we go to church. She said, I just don't like that old fashioned hellfire and brimstone, stomping, hollering, spitting. She said, what kind are you? I said, that kind. <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. Amen. I, I'm not ashamed being old fashioned, independent, fundamental, King James only. Amen. Bible-believing Baptist. Hallelujah. Well, not only the results of building a fire, you're going to be attacked by the serpent, but you're going to be analyzed by the world. Here in verse number 4, it says, When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer. Whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. 
Verse number six. Howbeit they looked, and when he should have swollen or fallen down, set dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Hey, I don't know why we get the idea that the world is ever going to accept us. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. We don't belong down here. Amen. Hey, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hey, I was telling for church with all that's going on in Israel and all these other things like the Euphrates River drying up. I told them it's looking gloriously dark, Brother Chris. Hey, in other words, we're about to get out of here and go home to be with the Lord. Amen. It's looking gloriously dark. We're going to be analyzed by the world. They call us fanatics. I don't mind being called a fanatic. Amen. I'd submit you're either a fanatic or a failure. Amen. Hey, there ought to be so much Christ in us that it ought to show on the outside of us. I use this illustration quite often. Uh, a lot of people would hear my daddy preach and think, that it was me. And they'd hear me preach and think it was my daddy. I don't know how they ever come to that conclusion because my daddy was a great preacher. But we looked so much alike that you couldn't tell the difference. And that's the way it ought to be with us and the Lord. We ought to look so much like him that they see Christ in us. Amen. There ought to be no mistaking the family resemblance. Hallelujah. Well, you're going to be analyzed by the world. But then you're going to be accused by the wicked. My Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall persecute you and revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Hey, we're living in a day and time where not only lost people will accuse you, but saved people will accuse you. You know why? Because they don't want you living any closer to God than they are. Well, you're just trying to be holier than thou. No, I, I don't think any of us has ever reached that place, but we ought to be striving, Brother Scott, with every fiber of our being, we ought to be striving, be ye holy for I am holy. Well, let me give you one last thing. The rewards of building a fire. What's going to happen when we build a fire for Jesus? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is minds will be changed. Verse number 6 said, they, when he should have fallen down dead and it didn't happen, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. I, I'm so tired of hearing, well, don't you know God looks on the heart? He does, but the world we're living in, they look on the outside. Amen. And I'm afraid they're not seeing very much. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm saying you and I ought to be striving. Amen. And therefore, because of the way we live, it ought to impact everybody around us. 
The sad fact of the matter is, is uh, what the Bible says is true. No man liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Hey, and if you live wicked, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your family and everybody else around you. And if you live for God and love God, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody around you. Minds will be changed. Well, not only rewards of building fire, minds will be changed, but miracles will be manifested. Here's what he said in verse number 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. When a fire is burning, miracles will be manifested. Hey, before the Lord left, he told them, he said, greater miracles than these will you do. I don't know about you, but I think it would be a pretty great miracle to make the lame to walk, make the blind to see, make the deaf to hear, raise the dead. Amen. How in the world could you do something greater than that? What he was talking about is pointing others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, and that is the greatest thing that you can do is to point somebody. The Bible calls that of the greatest miracle. Amen. Is getting somebody to the foot of the cross. Miracles will be manifested. Hey, people that societies give up on and their families give up on, uh, when they uh, meet the Lord, uh, all of a sudden AA couldn't help them and drug rehab couldn't help them. But when they meet Jesus, He does what nobody else can do. Miracles will be manifested. Many will be helped. We see that in verse number 8. Amen. Uh, preacher often refers to this as a hospital and that's what it is, amen. People that need help, people that need healing, people that need answers, there ought to be one place, amen. Hey, just like our home is a haven for our family, uh, the church ought to be a haven for each and every one of us from this world. And then I see lastly that multitudes will be affected. Hey, I'm glad when we do what we know to be right. It doesn't just affect us, but it affects everybody we come in contact with. Hey, I'm telling you, the closest thing uh, that you'll ever experience to your own salvation is getting to lead somebody else to the Lord. Or somebody you've prayed for for a long time. Hey, I'm telling you, uh, when that boy of mine got in, it was like such a weight had been lifted off of me. It was almost like I got saved again. Hallelujah. I'm talking about God showing up and doing a miracle. Amen. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I'm telling you the Lord is still in charge. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever get my fire so low uh, that it's not burning bright for the Lord Jesus Christ and affecting the lives of others. I'll tell you this and I'll quit. My papa, when he would get that fire going and we would come in from outside and it had been cold, uh, we'd back up to that wood stove. 
Well, I'm backed up to that one stove, wood stove one time and I didn't realize how hot my britches had got. But I went over and sat down on the couch. It didn't take me long to get up, Brother Blake. You know why? Because my eyes on, felt like I was on fire. Amen. And that's the way it ought to be with others when they get close to us. We ought to be such a bright and shining and burning light for the Lord Jesus Christ that when they get in our vicinity, it affects them. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the preaching of the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help Brother Scott now. I pray that you'd give him great liberty to preach. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.